Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Satya Santanam from Mint's personal finance team. Have you ever thought of investing in small cap companies with the expectation of earning multi-bagger returns? According to Mint's research of the data from QED Capital Advisors, about six percent of the small cap stocks on the NSE exchange. Turned multi-baggers in the past five years, delivering five times or more returns. That translates to minimum 38% return each year. Of course, higher the return, higher the risk. But there are many investors who take that risk in a hunt to find a multi-bagger. In this episode, let's hear from three young small-cap investors on how they go about selecting stocks, how long they spend analyzing these companies, their experiences, behavioral biases, and many more. Let's start the episode, but with a cautionary note that small cap investing is risky. There are high chances of capital erosion, even if the stock is held for long term. One in every seven stocks in the small cap space on the exchange has either been suspended or delisted in the last five year period. With that caution aside, let's begin. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. A personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. First, we have Ankit Gupta, a 35-year-old full-time investor from Gujarat. He invests up to 90% of his portfolio in small-cap stocks. For him, the first and foremost criterion to invest in a small-cap company is to assess management integrity. I did my engineering and. Uh... During engineering, I realized that you know I had some kind of interest in uh, uh, stock markets, and after that, you know, uh, uh, during the uh, engineering itself, you know, you you normally had three options: you could either go abroad and study for MS in US or uh, any other country, uh, or go for MBA or start working in a company. Right. Normally, for an engineering guy, during 2000, when I passed out in 2008, you know, uh, it was largely, you know, most of the like I got placed in an IT company, but okay. uh, I did not work in an IT company, and I was preparing for my MBA. I paid for few entrance exams, and uh, after that, I uh, you know got through few colleges, and I you know decided to do my MBA from. Uh, Uh, Loyola, uh, Loyola College, Chennai. Uh, Loyola Institute of Business Administration, Lee Bar, Chennai. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, the major, uh, like the main reason of uh, uh, pursuing, uh, you know, MBA was that I was largely interested in finance, and you know, I I thought that you know, stock market will be something that will interest me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I did my uh, MBA uh, from Loyola, and uh, I got placed as well. And placed in a financial service industry, oh, and uh, I thought that I'll still brush up my, uh, you know, financials and you know uh, how I could analyze companies and you know understand their balance sheet better. So I also, you know, in the last year of MBA, I did my, I started doing pursuing CFA, and Sorry, uh, you personally? know, CFA, uh, CFA uh, started financial analyst. Okay. Okay. CFA. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, uh, after that, you know, I cleared the first level during the last year of MBA, and you know, I got placed and with my job, I cleared all the three levels. 
initial few years were uh, relatively you were trying to gain experience in the market you you know uh, you were trying to explore also you know like it takes time in the market you know the market uh, like the best way to learn about the market is actually to experience it so you know initial initial few years you took time to understand companies understand valuation what exactly valuations are then you know understanding companies you know understanding the motors their approach to running the business especially in small and mid cap first of the most important thing you need to dodge is you know whether the promoters are honest or not and whether the promoters you know would like to share wealth with the minority shareholders or not so that is a very important thing that i learned initially you do learn from your mistake you do make a lot of mistakes and then hopefully you know uh, you know you, you do keep on improving keep on reading keep on learning and uh, i so that was going on the side i used to take few days off from my uh, office and you know invest and uh, go and attend few agms here and there you know at that time pre covid you know the annual general meeting of the company used to happen in it happened physically and especially the kind of space we uh, i used to invest in small and mid caps the major uh, you know uh, you used to get information by attending agms by you know reading more about companies uh, through their annual reports you know going through their peers so you know that journey kept on happening side by side with uh, my job in 2018 i in june 2018 i resigned from my job and became a full time analyst a full time investor that was a difficult decision extremely difficult i took a big <laughs> risk i took a huge risk you know and your family everybody are okay with that yeah 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 at uh, that time my that's a big advantage yeah the fund size also was pretty small so it was a huge risk mm. uh, luckily my mother and my wife supported me so and you know then uh, since 2018 i have been a, a full time investor then you know uh, normally uh, we investors uh, you know when we discuss with senior investors they tell us that you know the the first cycle the first cycle that you go through from boom to burst is what you you know makes you uh you know pretty resilient and you learn from the first cycle and implement it over your subsequent cycle the whole cycle takes you know depends when you enter but whole cycle cycle from you know boom to burst takes uh, you know 7 8 years or even uh, sometimes even shorter as well so you know basically uh, there are few things that one needs to keep in mind while investing uh, or the, the the risk that we associate with the uh, small cap is you know uh, people think that uh people who don't invest in this segment without doing uh, their work the thing that it's an extremely risky uh, segment to be in but uh, frankly you know uh, that the kind of uh, if you do your hard work if you do you know if you have a long term horizon and if you get into small companies at a good time and uh, if the companies are uh, growing uh, you know they make humongous money for a long term and uh, the risk is risk mostly comes arises out of you know uh, not knowing your company is well investing in exuberance valuations are high 
and you know or you you know unluckily or you know or without doing your work you get into a company which has corporate governance issues so that are the risks which are there but uh, small cap in uh, uh, investing has its shares of ups and downs but uh, you know if you're if you are able to back your work and uh, you know even if you have 50 60% success rate in small cap investing you'll make huge returns in your portfolio over long term understand understand so how many hours do you spend every day on uh, the research and uh, so if you have to like uh, you know uh, if you have to give a breakup of uh, how your time is spent on research, sure. or talking to the management or invest sure. you know how how do you do that normally you know after becoming full time it's normally i spend 8 10 hours reading about the companies reading you know then the result season starts you have phone calls attending phone call conference calls and talking to like minded investors you get feedback from them and uh, you know then uh, during uh, agm season agm season normally starts from may june onwards and you know uh, extends up to september 30th So during that those times uh, now companies post covid few you know i'll say 5% of the companies have started again going back to physical agm to so travel to uh, those companies uh, uh, agm venue attend that and uh, or and attend, or attend you know online agms and uh, so normally 8 to 10 hours is uh, what i dedicate to it was pretty difficult uh, prior to i became full time you know it was uh, at that time i was able to devote not more than 20 25 hours in a week but now since uh, you know i became full time it, it it's largely you know uh, normally the day starts around uh, 9:30 10 and you know uh, extends up to 6:37 Sure, so yeah. it's not just reading, you know, yeah. reading. Then you know, uh, 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 talking to like-minded investors, mm. and you know, you 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 know, in ten years time, you do develop a good circle of friends who are also into you know, who also do your kind of investing. So you discuss with them, you you know, pitch them ideas. They will tell you, you know, what are the negatives in this in your idea, what can go wrong. and uh, they also share their ideas so that also helps that helps a lot in fact you know that has been a, a, a that has played a big role in my journey and so um coming back to this full time uh, you know as a career investing job sure. as a career do you think it's lucrative enough and compared to doing any other corporate job so so the, i think it all boils down to your passion and what you actually want to achieve in life you know so uh, i think uh, to be successful in investing or in investing or even trading i think you know i don't do trading i don't understand much about it but i what i realize is you know meeting a lot of investors and meeting a lot of traders they uh, who have been successful they they are extremely passionate so i think the passion is the most important thing second criteria of course is uh, you know uh, uh the uh, like uh, and the second i think the more, the more important reason or or, or, or you know uh, another important reason for me to quit the job was you know here i have the absolute control over my time you know i have to decide what i have to do and you know there is no one telling me how to utilize my time so taking control of your time and doing things which you actually love is something which drove me towards full time investing you know i while working in a corporate job i used to you know 
I used to crave that, you know, I am not able to do something which uh, which gives me more cake or you know which helps me which uh, which is something I wanted to do. So post leaving my job, that was a work satisfaction which came, you know. But it was a tough journey, you know. When I quit my job in 2018, you know, last, I told you I quit on 18, 19, uh, in 1920, but uh, two years, and even COVID, you know, almost two, two and a half years were extremely tough in the markets. And then you do get, you know, uh, uh, thoughts that you shouldn't have left the job and, absolutely, you know, absolutely. stuff to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, uh, eventually over a cycle you make enough money to, you know, do, then those thoughts actually don't come. And I think uh, the, mo- the more important thing, Satya, uh, in this is uh, people don't realize how compounding works uh, before actually they see it themselves. You know, compounding uh, is an, uh, compounding of capital or of wealth is, is, is phenomenal. You know, you can't uh, just explain it in words. You know, compounding works phenomenally well. So, you know, it, it just boils down to what actually you want to do in life and, uh, you know, whether you are passionate about, uh, you know, uh, being an investor or not. Being a full-time investor is difficult and also very risky. Just because it's working for Ankit may not suit and work for all of us. Now, let's move on to our next guest, Yashika Nara, a 22-year-old passionate investor who takes out time during her weekends to invest. Her portfolio exposure to small cap space is 30% of her overall portfolio. So actually I started investing around 3 years ago, 3-4 years ago. And uh, I started my investing career back then. And I didn't definitely started uh, like directly from small caps. It was like a phase, like it was a full journey. First I started with mutual funds. Then because like my parents were already investing in mutual funds, so I had a basic idea about it, that how things work. And I used to check uh, like what are the expense ratios and then I used to tell my parents, okay, we should do this, we should do that. So and eventually I started investing in mutual funds myself, like I started SIP. So yeah, please go ahead, yeah. Yes, so... Uh, initially, I started with mutual funds and then then I started like reading and about the companies like I want I was very curious to like read myself and track everything myself. So I, I started reading companies and started my my first company which I read was PI Industries Agrochemicals. So PI Okay. Correct. So then I actually uh, read more and I, I liked the company and then I invested in that. So that is how I started investing and that that was the first stock which I bought. And then I eventually like got more curious and I, and then I got very regular. Means it was a process. But then I started tracking companies. I started and plus I was doing my internship as well. So obviously I had that equity background and equity people like beside me all all the time. So I used to read about different companies. I used to know about different companies. And but the start was more more from a large cap companies only. More from large cap companies only. And then initially I went and started like reading mid-camp companies and then like it is more for like I started investing in small cap around 1.5 years back only 
आई वॉज वेरी स्केर्ड एट बिकॉज ऑफ सो मेनी ओपिनियंस पीपल है छोटी कंपनीज में नहीं इन्वेस्ट करना चाहिए ऐसा वैसा यूल ऑलवेज लूज मनी सो बट देन या आई फील दैट यू नो या सो यू इफ इन जनरल माई अप्रोच टू फाइंड टू फाइंड न्यू स्टॉक्स और टू आइडिएट इज दैट आई फॉलो अ टॉप डाउन अप्रोच इन दैट आई हैव आई हैव अ वेरी क्लियर व्यू दैट आई एम इन्वेस्टिंग फ्रॉम अ थ्री टू फाइव ईयर होराइजन टाइम पीरियड एंड फॉर दैट फर्स्ट थिंग आई लुक एट इज एज आई एज आई फॉलो टॉप डाउन अप्रोच माई मेजर फोकस इज ऑन फाइंडिंग इंडस्ट्री टेलविंस वेर आर विच इंडस्ट्रीज आर एक्चुअली डेवलपिंग विच विच इंडस्ट्रीज आर सींग गुड डेवलपमेंट्स दैट इज द फर्स्ट थिंग आई लुक फॉर एंड फॉर देन इफ आई अंडरस्टैंड दैट ओके दिस इंडस्ट्री माइट डू वेल एंड इफ आई थिंक दैट दैट इंडस्ट्री माइट गिव एक्चुअली वेरी गुड अपॉर्चुनिटीज फॉर द कंपनीज विच आर ऑपरेटिंग इन देन आई लुक फॉर द पोटेंशियल बेनिफिशरीज इन द वैल्यू चेन Sure, and then it should be visible in numbers as well. It is very important, right? How how do you so, find the beneficiaries? Yeah, for for finding the potential beneficiaries, first is to map the full value chain of the industry. Sure. So that uh, who who are actually manufacturing the company, who are actually distributing distributing the product. Mm. who is actually selling it to customers and who is actually like in the middleman who is actually marketing it like you need to have a full value chain mapping of the industry so that you know in which segment which particular industry is actually operate so okay. that is the that is the second step after mapping the industry tailwinds okay. that is the second step because industry mapping is very important and that uh, that is the process of it to to like open it up fully completely in front of you like yeah. each segment mein kaun si kaun si companies hai waisa mm yeah and then of course uh, it it can be all theoretical it should be backed by numbers as well so i don't directly invest if i see that uh, in tailwinds are there and we have good beneficiaries i don't of course jump into it i see that majorly ro expansion can happen or not because as a in equity investor what matters for me is that return on equity expansion hoga ki nahi hoga it is very important so uh, ro what does that mean i mean i sorry i don't uh, understand hindi much it just yeah, yeah. so uh, it is very important for us to see that return on equity of the company can expand or not okay okay that is very important and for that there are three levers of that first is profitability sure. second is asset turnover and mm. third is leverage sure if if i if i think that a company can actually balance three of these levers and expand roe for me then i definitely in start like no i don't start with a very big amount in any company the initial position i take it's never more than 1 to 2 1 1.5% it's like how how much i like the company how much i like the industry i don't take more than that and initial it's a process i feel that you you research more you study more about the company you 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 actually track new events and then you get more conviction and more confidence in the company Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is how I go about it, and my primary focus is not 
on losing money first and then generating multi bagger returns comes for me by first multi investing itself is uh, with is a high risk uh, game yeah. right um, then how, how do you make sure that you don't lose money in small cap so that mm-hmm. is how i go about it so uh, definitely and i feel these are all biases that are you it's a very it, it is a definitely a very risky thing because you don't have information also like you 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 have nothing you like large cap companies publish everything on your plate like detailed annual reports they have gone calls they have presentations they have good interviews as well so in small caps uh, this is my first approach that you do your homework well you should not actually just put all your money in just in one go while listening by knowing any news or listening to any anyone on the cnbc that's not how you should do about it mm so that is the first thing but second thing what you can do what i do personally is to actually confirm my thesis now you should definitely do scuttle but which is ground research which mm. i always do because mm. you, how much can you actually know by just reading on your laptop about a company it's mm. very difficult so so second step for me is to do ground research and scuttle but like talk to distributors talk to wholesalers talk to customers or ex employees of the company you will definitely get the idea like how things are actually working mm, mm, so mm. that is how you can confirm your thesis in my opinion like that's so that's you, what i do you are also working so when do you get time to do all these things uh, yashika I actually take out time on weekends or on holidays or after my work. So because of course my portfolio also like I'm very much like into it. So I I take out time for that as well. And plus the the best part is that even I work but my my I am in finance only. I'm working in finance only, right? So aisa nahi hai ki my work is completely different from equities. So I'm still updated about it. yeah and yeah, yeah. my work includes equities only so mm. that that helps me a lot yeah so yeah. that that was my first choice like when i went for internship first first time I, when i came to mumbai for my internship that was my thing that i want to be connect the job i do the intern the work i do it has to be connected to markets mm. in any case so that you know I am not like doing two different things in my life. It has to be a midway for that. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Understand. And so uh, yeah. you know this cuttle bird. You know I've heard this uh, word from other small cap investor as well. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to. Uh, but is this cuttle bird word used uh, for groundwork in the small cap space or in the investing space? Uh, is that yeah, so scuttlebutt word actually was came up like there is a there was a very legendary investor called philip fisher mm-hmm. and he came up with this concept and process and the 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 to the, the world called scuttlebutt he came up with it because he it was his thesis that you know you can't like actually know everything about the company by just sitting in your room in front of your laptop you need to know what's going on in the business because you are kind of taking the ownership you 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 will become a part owner of that company so he came up with this uh, concept of scuttlebutt or ground research 
and then i feel you know because by after reading research papers of philip fisher after reading books of philip philip fisher i think the all the community of investors have started using this word use as you said that it is very like as you also mentioned one line that small cap is very risky yeah but there are a few things i feel that where what people can actually avoid and i have actually done like many mistake like i have like that many mistakes in this because there are many biases or many extreme opinions on small cap investing like people think that you know you can only generate multibagger returns in small cap or people say that you you'll always lose money in small caps but i feel that's not the case it's about doing your homework well mm-hmm. as an investor and keeping that patience mm-hmm. i feel that's very important and secondly for that you should what an investor should do is to like avoid recency there are a few biases recency bias first of all you know we never check the history of the company we just act on what's going on right now like if we see okay the company is like incurring a or commissioning a new plant or it is entering a new segment we enter into it but that mm. is now how how it works mm. so recency bias should be avoided and we should actually come like have a full holistic view and read the history of the company if we do that we can definitely avoid many goof ups in companies like investing in small caps that mm. is first second is price anchoring bias like we just have a like we suddenly look at the price number and then we judge ki okay this this is a penny stock okay this we should not buy or this is very overvalued mm. so that should not be not be the case like mm. we should not have that price anchoring bias mm. so these are the few things which we as investors should avoid and plus there is also third thing confirmation bias which which investors usually have Mm. which is that i thought that this company is good if some any good news comes now then i am like okay now i can invest more because now i am right only mm. so that is because we always want to focus on good things mm. and we always want to be validated mm. through these news or through any interviews or any sort of things mm. so that these three things should be avoided plus mm. if we do home our homework well i think things like it, it is not actually these rules are not just focused for like not just for specifically small cap even in general in investing i think this should be avoided and investors will be good to go and i am in also in the process only right now but these are the things i have done so i know ye hota this happens mm yeah understand understand don't yeah So you yes. said about uh, yeah please go ahead yeah plus uh, when i talked about uh, scuttle but there is a third lag to it which is in small cap investing now what happens that we don't have the access to the management very as smoothly as we have in large caps so what really helps us in small cap investing is the like knowing from the people or knowing from the community who always who has already invest who is already invested on in those stocks or specific companies right 
आई एम रीडिंग इट राइट नाउ बट समन इज होल्डिंग दैट स्टॉक फ्रॉम लाइक लास्ट टू थ्री इयर्स ऑलरेडी सो इट मीन्स ही और शी नो समथिंग अबाउट इट सो थर्ड लैक टू दैट इज दैट लाइक कॉम्युनिटी कॉम्युनिटीज लाइक मल्टीपल आई फील इट रियली हेल्प्स बिकॉज द वी कैन एक्चुअली सी द रियल टाइम पोर्टफोलियोज वी नो दैट दिस पर्सन इज होल्डिंग दिस पर्टिकुलर स्टॉक एंड वी कैन आस्क देम एंड वी कैन बिफोर इवन आस्किंग देर इज अ हाई पॉसिबिलिटी दैट दे हैव ऑलरेडी रिटर्न समथिंग ऑन दैट so that actually exactly. really helps that that someone is actually holding that stock and i can actually ask them or have a chat with them or like go through their feed and understand what's their thesis so that really helps to me personally in and my and investing journey in specific specific to small caps okay okay uh what is the holding period that you uh, usually have for the small caps my horizon is 3 to 4 years if not just for small cap my investing horizon in general is 3 to 4 3 to 4 years because i feel before that you can't it is very unfair for us to expect wonders from any company before that a business can't change or can't do wonders so my my basic horizon is 3 to 4 years but specific to small caps coming specific to small caps i closely track news and uh, announce all the announcements around it and if i think that you know there are some red flags or you know something is not right or some regulations change suddenly i definitely study more and get out of the company if i think that uh, it is like it is not going to work or this is not a good direction it is which i expected Right. So there is no specific uh, horizon I have for small caps, but in general, I have a three to four year horizon. Yashika's approach to investing in small cap stocks is systematic, but she herself admits that she has been in the space for a very short time and learning each day. Best wishes to Yashika on that. Now we have Arun Munchandani, a 21 year old who has been currently pursuing CFA. He started reading finance-related books at the age of 14 and loves stock market data crunching and brings out fresh insights on his platform Manifest Wealth. I'm formally educated in finance. I've been studying finance since I was in ninth. Yeah, eight years now, I think eight or nine years. Sure. And uh, I've been investing since 2018, before COVID started. So, it's a very different world after COVID. Right. And uh, yeah, as far as what I do, I used to work in a financial services firm uh, before this. I can't disclose that firm, but yeah, sure. uh, right now I run my own um, insights firm. It's called Manifest Wealth, uh, where I do data-backed insights. So it started off as a financial literacy website, then it became a data-driven insights firm. So yeah, you said you started investing in 2018, right? Yeah. Yes. How did you end up uh, getting into small caps? I mean, why did you feel that small cap is the place to be in? And do you do you invest significant portion of your uh, portfolio in the small cap space? Sure. So for me, it wasn't as such that you know I became a pure small cap investor. What I figured out was uh, what investing style works for me. So around for about two years, from 2018 to 2000. 19 and half or 20 i was just figuring out trying various styles 
of investing and hello yes yes aryan i'm there yeah 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 so uh, during that time i figured out that the strategy that worked well for me was gap growth at reasonable price from my psychological profile from a purely like okay this is something where my skill set belongs and all that now then when you start looking at stocks from that perspective wo uh, i could not find that in the last cap space right so for me it was that last cap space it's already covered there are no turnarounds you know the everybody's focused there there's a lot of information there that you even if i spend say 10 you know 10 days reading about a stock i'm not going to make you know a sizable return and plus more over than that you know even if i do manage i can just use something like a momentum index or uh, uh, you know the value index to beat the large cap space why should i focus my efforts into analyzing a stock where i'm not going to make that kind of a return so that's how i started deviating towards uh, small caps and uh, what i personally believe is you know for me small caps is not exactly the entire strategy for me it's more of a way to enhance my portfolio's returns by a bit because my overall risk profile is very moderate sure so what i end up doing is like we 50 to 70 percent, especially because of my current work uh, environment, as well as my own risk profile, which is like moderate. I keep about 50 to 70 percent in like uh, you know index funds, passive funds, uh, momentum, like you know like uh, passive funds, not only index funds but also like strategy ETFs. So that uh, those indices uh, keep that 50 to 70 percent, and then I focus my efforts on maximizing my uh, small capital. So that's how I approach it, and then I look for you know uh, companies which can turn around because large cap me if the business is suffering under, uh, I believe that you know even if it turns around there's not much to gain. The gains are almost always limited. Small caps that's not the case. Now I don't believe that small cap me hundred x or success, but you can at least make maybe five or ten percent extra analyzed. So that's that's my approach towards that. The first thing I do is you know just check out the. I, I go. I uh, that's the first thing I do. The reason for that is uh, not only to figure out stocks which are undervalued, but the whole idea, as I said, with my analysis or methodology, is to figure out companies where there is a chance of you know even the sentiment growth or the PE growth. So, because the whole idea of a small cap investing, where it actually makes money, in my opinion, is that nobody is looking at that small cap. Because the PE is high, that means there is generally an interest generated, or it's in other words, sometimes also. It's being operated or something. So it's a quick way to sort of reduce that aspect. You just take a fifty p in each. I start looking. Then uh, the thing I do is I see if a stock has. Mention, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Did you mention any threshold here? P of. Oh uh, yeah, below fifty p. That's what mm-hmm. I go for. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, and the reason why fifty is nothing to do with oh it's a magical number or something. It's just a quick way to remove uh, stocks which might be operator oriented or which might have garnered a lot of interest in the recent uh, six months or twelve months. Sure. Nothing to do with uh, oh it's undervalued based on P. Sure. It's just a uh, you know sort of a quality check. Yeah. Then uh, I start looking into what uh, you know. Uh, then I take a sector which. i find you know uh, something which can grow in the future some a sector to be in so for example back in 2020 i was looking at hotels because i was like once you know uh, people will start traveling back i'll be looking at hotels i figured out elementary that way uh, recently i was looking at uh, ready to eat so that's how i arrived at uh, 
you know, healthy foods or dawat and before that I was looking at tayos that's how I read that yeah, yeah. so for me it's basically I take a sector then then I look at okay whether the small cap was doing you know has the fortunes gone bad instead of going good so I will not look for a company that's already doing a 25 a 25 ROE sorry I look at a company which is not doing that well somebody with a bad margin or margins which have fallen or ROE which has fallen Right? Something yeah. like that. So, uh, the idea then is that when this uh, small caps fortune will turn because they are in an industry which might turn, right? Sure. That's when I will make money. So, yeah. that's, that's how I look into it. So, it differs from uh, which industry I'm looking at as well. But generally, it's a mix of these factors. So, below 50p would be one. Below 25, uh, return on equity would be another. uh then you know decreasing margins i would look at that yeah. uh, if the margins have been decreasing uh, for the past 2 or 3 years or they have been you know they have where uh, you know low, uh, above and then you know they have had a suffering for the past 1 or 2 years uh somewhat like that so i'll be looking in those aspects sure and um, then i'll go into the stock itself see how the you know governance is small caps me manipulation is very often done so then that's the first thing i look at if there's no manipulation so how, how long do you spend actually on um, studying a company and then confirming that you would want to go ahead and invest in that company uh depends on the company size to be very honest but 10 to 20 hours not more than that. i i read very fast okay so usually how many hours do you spend on investing uh in like the search and talking to people on the multiplier platform trying to get their ideas listening to agms and then you know con calls so that could be i think so basically this is also what i like doing for fun so i don't really track the time as such so for me it's like uh, i think you know you could easily tell 8 hours a day because <laughs> this is what my work is so for me most of my time goes in just you know talking to people learning and everything so that's that's how i do it And so eight hours a day is a good estimate. Six to eight hours a day. You can say six. That's better right. to put less. It's like a full time job then. Eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah. So that's yeah. So just you know, uh, after I figure out you know if there is no fraudulent accounting, at least I see the numbers are not that manipulated. I believe that numbers will be manipulated in any scenario, but it shouldn't be too much. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, so. This is one of the ways. So N score is like a quick shortcut. Although that's also sometimes manipulated because it's been out there for a year, a long time. Okay. Uh, so, so then, uh, once I figure that out, then I will build a DCF in most cases or do a related valuation. This is where uh, you know the valuation aspect comes in. And for me, valuation is not really a magical number or anything. It's just a way mm. for. So what I personally end up doing is that okay. So if I've read about the company by that point right. of time, I already if I've read about the company, if I've reached this position in that company that I want to invest in it, right. I build a model on it. I I see where the uh, you know the company is going to go and all that, right. and then uh, I just you know put that in the paper and then I just apply a discounting rate and see where it's going to go. So for me, it's just a way that okay if. it plays out the way i want it to play out mm. what should be the price and if yeah. it's like any if i build that i i'll build a range for it if it falls between that then i'll buy it and then i'll hold it till that range 
gums and yeah and usually what uh, is holding period for you for me the holding period is so again with my investing strategy what i end up doing is uh, i look for things to change to be honest my entire thing is there is gap or there is growth at reasonable price but there is also a trigger that i follow with it so there has to be a demerger happening there has to be a new product line that is being launched etc so for me once it touches a valuation or once it once that event has passed by then i'm done right so for me it's like abhi uh, just to give you an example uh, with cat i got, got it in that because it was fulfilling all the criteria i saw it had a good path to it and at the same time i believe that carbon black prices would fall this was back in february so then when the carbon black prices fell uh, i in fact wrote a post on this as well so when they fell about i think a month back uh, i was out because i was like we just touched my valuation uh, and you know i'm not going to be in it for longer than that so as that has happened that that's how i quit it it's not a like forever holding period it's, it's sorry over you it's an event based yeah it's event based uh, and that event can be either the event being completed or the valuation is being touched either one so sometimes as how that people are just you no know, holding onto that stock all of a sudden and the stock rises so we with lt foods that's the thing that happened that uh, with you know the core product is rice so recently with the rice prices rising the stock rose pretty highly and given a good return but my thesis on that was the ready to eat segment which is totally different yeah. so now it has risen to a point where i personally know that when the rice prices fall in the near or so or uh, maybe 6 months then the stock will go down because that's still the core product so yeah. that then my thesis not being finished but then i know that i can profit book it a bit or maybe i can add so that right. then it then that's a decision at that point of time and uh, if a stock is still undervalued like i will revaluate it but yeah that's the event of valuation either one sounds like arjun gathered a lot of wisdom at a very young age we wish arjun to the best isn't it so nice listening to the investing stories of these young small cap investors i would like to reiterate it's not easy and everybody's investing style is different mimicking somebody's style could be very risky and also needless to say that investing in a small cap stock is a time consuming process if you think you cannot allocate adequate time for research you would be better off investing in actively managed small cap mutual funds that's all for now in this episode listeners if you have any queries or suggestions you can reach out to me on twitter my handle is @satyasontanam s a t y a s o n t a n a m or you can also write to us at mintmoney@livemint.com bye bye this was a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast